0: good. This is Annika in Columbia.
1: And Maria in Happy Valley.
0: And we are here to talk about Bellingham, the city of subdued whatever we decide to talk about.
1: We want to get to know you, Bellingham.
0: Both the well-known
1: and not-so-well-known. We are joined today, as always, by our quarantined co-hosts. Um, Burrito has been just living up, living it up in the sun, visiting the neighbors. He's such a happy boy. Uh, Annika, what's going Aww. on with
0: You and your babies. So uh, Tilly's great. She, you know, just hanging out. She's good. But, well, yesterday I took Romy on a hike, and he got, like, eaten alive by mosquitoes. Oh, no. And so uh, last night, Romy, Tom, and I did not get any sleep because Romy was crying and wanted to itch himself. And I even put the cone of shame on him because he was trying to, like bite in on his uh, paws because he got some on his paws and he had a bunch of bites on his face and yeah I gave him a cold bath at like three in the morning
1: oh apparently that helps grow me.
0: I saw a photo
1: on your insta and it, how he had like a giant wasp stink on his nose too yeah
0: he got stung by a bee two days ago and that went down and then today I mean yesterday the mosquitoes and so he had like 12 bites on him.
1: Jesus. And he's not a very big dog. And, oh, he doesn't understand. And he's suffering.
0: Yeah. Poor Yeah. And so we just, we have to monitor, make sure he doesn't get any scabs because then they can get infected. And Mm -hmm. then luckily he takes heartworm meds. So he is protected from that. But (gasps) so he is very tired. And so am I. And so is Tom. I believe it. We both just don't. We're like walking around the house like, Oh, I'm so tired. Are you tired? (laughs) Yeah, I'm so tired. Are you tired? It's just, that's been our day.
1: Seems like uh, everybody needs a little bit of a nap. Yeah. Well, as far as hot topics go, there's a little bit of good news in that Temple, the Racket, and Bantam 46 are opening in some capacity, whether that's expanding their outdoor seating or letting small groups of people inside as long as they live together. So be on the lookout for that. Mm -hmm. I would encourage everybody to check out Black Sheep Bellingham's Instagram or social media because they had a break in recently, but they do have a picture of the person's face from the security video.
2: Um,
1: So that, you know, let's help them maybe to see if we can identify the person and bring justice to that situation. It always sucks when people target small businesses because yeah, it's you're probably not going to acquire that much, but you're really making a lot of trouble for a lot of people. Yeah. Aww. And then, um, you know, there's the thing that probably people want to hear from us about most, which is our opinions on the school opening plan for fall, which is currently um, in Washington a remote until further notice sort of deal. So the plan from the school year is, well, apparently the first day of school is September 8th and they are going to be doing remote. And then it seems like they're trying to figure out some in-person instruction models for maybe people that need it um, the most or, you know, just so that they can transition to it easier in the future. Uh, There's, It's controversial for all districts. There is no perfect plan, but I think that with the cases in Washington generally not being where we need them to be, it's safer to just have the school be remote for as many people as possible. And that way the teachers can really like get into trying to make good remote learning because constantly changing and not knowing what you're going to do is really, really difficult. And uh, we understand that there's huge inequities with remote learning that really exacerbate a lot of the inequities that are already present in the school system. But I, I do think that uh, Reichdahl and Bellingham School District and other school districts in the area that we know and have relationships with or work for um, really have the students' and teachers' best interests in mind, so I'm feeling hopeful for, for the start of our school year. Yeah. You know what? We're flexible and we'll figure it out and the students will figure it out too. So on that note, why don't we head on over to our interview?
0: Today our guest is Lindsay Payne Johnstone. Is it Johnstone? It is Johnstone. <laughs> okay. I For some reason I like second-guessed it thinking it was Johnson or Johnston or any of the other variations. It's kind of of a full last name. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Lindsay is the events director with the Downtown Bellingham Partnership. She has been the muscle behind many of the local events we enjoy today, such as Downtown Sounds, Art Walk, Wine Walk, and so much more. We're so excited to talk to you today. How are you doing this
2: morning? I'm good. It's a day with... Several back-to-back meetings, all tackling different projects, Um, but it keeps me busy, which is
0: good. So since this is a Bellingham podcast, what brought you to Bellingham?
2: I moved here in 2004 to go to Western. Cool. Um, And when I, I moved here, I quickly realized I would be calling Bellingham home for many, many years. I fell in love with it instantly. Nice. Where did you come from? From Richfield, Washington, which is just north of Vancouver. So it's about four hours south from here. Okay. Maria, do you know that area
0: at all?
1: You know, not really. As long as I lived in Vancouver, Washington, I never really spent much time east, west, or north of it. Huh. So, yeah, my my Washington geography isn't great. Are you from Vancouver? Yeah, I grew up there. It's a it's a place
2: <laughs> it is a place. Yeah, their downtown is really, really sweet. It's it's grown quite a bit. Um, yeah, my family's still down there. So I actually I, I go down there pretty frequently when I can.
1: Yeah, me too. It's a long drive. But you get used to it after that 100th time
2: you do it. Yes, <laughs> you definitely do. That is for sure.
1: So we wanted to ask you if you had a Bellingham story to share with our guests. This is something amusing that contains a person, place, or thing that other locals would recognize.
2: Yeah, um, a very special Bellingham story for me is my husband actually proposed to me at the Wild Buffalo. He held this secret for like six months from all of our friends, and I really don't know how he did that. But Craig Jewell, one of the co-owners of the Buff, and my husband had, basically he booked an event, it was on a Monday evening, and our friends were playing two shows, so it just felt like we were going to a show at the Buff on a Monday night. My dad was in town, and I remember being like, man, a lot of our friends are here on a, on a Monday night. Um, but it was also our good friends playing, but he rounded the corner and ended up proposing to me in front of everyone, which was really sweet, and we had a champagne toast, and um, this is when I was working at Bayou at the time, and he had gotten a hold of both my jobs so I didn't have to work the next day. So it ended up being this, like, very coordinated surprise engagement party um, with our friends playing music and probably 50 of our friends there. It was just super, super special. So, yeah, that's that's the Bellingham story for me. That is an
1: excellent proposal. Man, all your other friends. He really set the bar
2: way too high. All the other boyfriends were like, Well, yeah, it's some of our friends who – who came, don't go out very often, and they were like, you need to hide, because if Lindsay sees you, she's going to know something's up, because you're here on a Monday night, and it's you rarely come out. Yeah, it was really sweet and really well put together, and um, we got to celebrate all night and not have to worry about working the next day, so it was really sweet.
0: That's great, and you said you had one more.
2: I guess the one that mainly came to mind, because it happens so frequently. I, I'm a twin. I have a twin sister, And, uh, I worked at Bayou on Bay for about 10 years. Um, and at the same time, my, my twin sister worked at the AW agent bistro in Fairhaven that's, is now closed. And then after that dirty dams, but we had a lot of regular customers who would frequent both places. And yeah, I guess a lot of those customers would go to her restaurant and then come to Bayou sometimes like back to back in the same evening. And, it happened multiple times that people thought we were the same person and that we would like go home and change and get to the other restaurant before like the customers had gotten there and my my coworker—it just happened a lot. It was just kind of silly that people could think we could do that, and like it's a two-minute turnaround time. And then when I was corrects people, and my coworkers were like, "You need to let people think that you are this one person," and I'm like, "That's ridiculous." Anyway, it just happened a lot. And she—she she also got perks in the downtown sounds beer garden because people thought she was me, which I was like, "I'm <laughs> drinking and having fun in the garden. And I'm like running around." Um, but yeah, it's—it just—it happened. It happened a lot. So that's the story that first came to, to mind.
1: You are probably someone else's Bellingham story then, like the phantom waitress who is somehow in two places at once.
2: Yes. And I lived in Fairhaven for about five years. And so whenever I would be like at Hagen or, or, you know, picturing a, a business, everyone thought I was her. And whenever she's downtown, everyone thinks she's me. And so it just, it happened for many, many years. Um, we both have a lot of stories. My, my husband actually, when, when we first met, he thought I was her. It just, it's, it happened quite a bit. It's funny.
0: What got you started in the Downtown Bellingham partnership? That is,
2: yeah, that's a great question. Um, I actually started as an intern when I was a senior at Western. At the time, our organization was called the Downtown Renaissance Network. The organization was formed mostly when the mall was built and a lot of our main businesses moved out of downtown and so it was created to help bring back the vibrancy in downtown and so yeah at the time it was the downtown renaissance network and the internship position was for doing downtown sounds so event planning for concerts in an alley in an urban setting and that was all just very appealing to me and so i got the internship and after it was over i wanted to see it was spring quarter and um, I wanted to see downtown sounds through since I spent three months helping plan it and so they kept me on for the summer and then 12 years later I'm still here so (laughs) I made a career out of it yeah I have a special place in my heart for downtown absolutely and yeah it's just it's kind of ebbed and flowed and grown and um yeah it's it's um I'm I'm our events director and then I also do um a lot of just general community outreach I'm on a I help facilitate our retail committee, our nightlife association, our design committee. I've just known a lot of our downtown business owners for a very long time. And yeah, it's just all very special.
0: I was going to ask, when you were going to Western, did you live near or around downtown? Oh my gosh. I feel like I I lived in a different house every year. Oh, okay. That's
2: most people's, a lot of people's stories in Bellingham. Yeah, I lived... I lived on campus, and then I lived on North Garden, and then I lived in the York District. They were all walking distance to downtown for sure. Yeah,
0: oh, of course. I think there's so many students that live either downtown or in the York District or North Campus that that it's like you can't not fall in love with downtown if you're so close. Yes, but. yes, exactly.
2: And yeah, it's that kind of like Bellingham joke, right? Where you're like, I lived in that house, and then I lived in that house, and like, oh, I did that. I went to a house party in that house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ooh, yeah, story Maria. of my
1: life. I think I moved every year for, like, four years, and so did all of my friends. So, yeah,
0: I've been all over this town.
2: Yeah, same.
0: Maria, you lived in the, uh, what's, it's the house that we've referenced, like, 20 times, the Ellis Street stripper pole house. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On the corner of Ellis and Gladstone. Ah, good times.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, the house off of, oh, man, it's, like, High Street and... I think garden, Uh, we called it the corner house. It's it's where like we had so many friends live there every year and it was just like our house party house for, I don't know, four years. And it was, yeah, the corner house, lots of memories there.
0: (laughs) Oh, of course what is your role in the downtown Bellingham partnership? Like what does the events director tasked with?
2: Yeah. So um, we have a, a lot of just signature events. We have our monthly art walks. We have our seasonal wine walk um, downtown sounds, of course, going into the fall, we support the alumni association with their Bellingham blue event. We have our downtown trick or treats. And then um, we do a lot of various promotions for the holidays to support retail and just downtown in general. And then we have our, our downtown holiday festival. Um, so, I am constantly living in the future, I feel, (laughs) always planning. But yeah, I am tasked with um, everything from securing sponsorship to guiding the marketing timelines to ensuring event logistics are met, event reporting. We used to work with interns quite a bit. Our organization grown and so we don't have as much of a robust internship as we used to, but we still get some marketing interns to help with event support and promotional support. Um, So yeah, a little bit of of everything, we have a events and promotions coordinator who supports me quite a bit, and she's amazing. So yeah, just it's kind of the general
1: layout. What is your favorite part of working with the Downtown Partnership and all the businesses and doing what you do? It's uh, yeah, a good question. It's just,
2: it's very personable. I love our team. We have such an amazing team right now. We're all really close. We all work really well together. We enjoy hanging out after work. Try not to talk shop too much, <laughs> but um, it's just a real its its very flexible and rewarding. And then just the to work with small business owners is—it's also just very rewarding. These businesses put so much work into their unique shops and their vision, and to be in a position to help them see their business through and and. Through various promotions and um, networking, yeah, it's just so very rewarding. And I'm a people person, so getting the opportunity to work with people on various projects and events—no um, day is the same. It feels like so, yeah, it's 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 just fun and and very rewarding, and I'm passionate about it. So. Yeah, it's great.
1: How should people in general stay up to date on all of the events that you guys put on? Is there a calendar or a specific website they should look to to make sure they don't miss out on anything?
2: Yeah, I would say our, our social media channels. Um, our Facebook page, our downtown Bellingham page is probably the best. There's been some confusion because of COVID um, with us postponing and updating, but in general, our downtown Bellingham neighborhood page is the best. And also our website, downtownbellingham.com. It lists all of our current events within the current dates and times um, and some archived events that we used to do. And we also have a, a newsletter that goes out. We were doing it weekly for the last few months. We're doing it bi-weekly now, but it's just a great way to just get the the top uh, updates and the most consistent.
1: So is there anything that we can look forward to once these restrictions lift? Any kind of plans that you guys have been mulling
2: over since you've had a little bit of time? Oh man, I don't know if we've looked that ahead to when the restrictions lift <laughs> we're kind of just currently planning like our virtual downtown sounds we we're excited for that it's just it starts next week but i would say just when the restrictions lift we're looking forward to just being able to gather people again I'm not sure what that looks like but you know part of our our mission is to bring people downtown and connect with one another and so it's just been challenging doing that in different ways but we are doing it and we're you know we, we are still connecting people and still making things happen and planning for the future. So
1: my understanding is that the downtown Bellingham partnership had a lot to do with some of the recent um, expansions of outdoor seating um, in town. Can you tell me what that process was like and how you worked with the city to make it possible for, you know, places to move out into parking spots and streets and parking lots and shutting things down and all that jazz
2: absolutely um so the city already had a temporary right-of-way use permit in the works it's people businesses could be could do this before the pandemic so we had the application process in place but i will i'll speak to the holly plaza specifically those businesses were already collaborating with one another when they approached us in the city they had a site plan a few versions of a site plan they had already connected with businesses on the block their neighboring businesses they were just like we need this to even have a fighting chance to get on the other side of this so we worked with the city to get all the logistical documents in place insurance was a, a huge piece we just like the Jacktown Bellingham partnership facilitated the permit process with the city's huge support the businesses were also very involved it was very collaborative and uh, it was basically just taking that that right of that right-of-way adaptation application and applying it to the whole block. And so each business owns that specific area in front of their business and oversees it, makes sure it's sanitized, make sure there's no trash. They kind of just steward that space in front of their business. Yeah, I, the day that all the street was closing, I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. Yeah, um, It was pretty wild. I, I don't know if I've felt that amount of adrenaline in a long time. But um, <laughs> yeah, our goal is to just really get these businesses a fighting chance. We're adding some um, hopefully some pop-up artisan vending at a physical distance. you know we want to encourage activity but not large crowds. so finding that balance and we have a lot of eyes on the block constantly visit like Camber opens in the morning. Black sheep and 542 bar and Jax is now open. We're just waiting for the Wild Buffalo to reopen. They're going to be reopening as a restaurant. And, yeah, everyone's adapting their business model, right? Like, nightclubs are really having to adjust in a huge way. So, yeah, it's just we're doing everything we can to help support businesses, especially during the summer months when we can be outside. It's very much been a passion project. I've been really involved. And um, the businesses have been really communicative and collaborative. And everyone's just doing what they can and doing the best they can um, to get on the other side of this. So one of the most exciting
1: things, or I guess heard two exciting things in your answer. Uh, The first is that we should be seeing more vendors and restaurants coming out with plans like this. And the second is that this is not just something that could happen during an emergency. It's something the city already had in place. So maybe now that we've tried it this summer in circumstances of duress, we could try it next summer in circumstances of fun and good times block party pedestrian access stuff like that
0: hopefully by next summer
2: yeah and you know there's there there's some bump out in some of this expansion on railroad there's some uh you'll see some on grand avenue and champion very soon the cabin has an awesome patio in their parking spaces now so this activity is happening throughout downtown on a smaller scale not like a this huge block um, Closure. There is one in, in Fairhaven on 10th Street as well, a, a coordinated block closure. And it's you know of course it has it's getting mixed responses. It's kind of a big deal to close Holly Street, but. Our, our organization in the city didn't say, we need a pedestrian block, where should we do it, let's close Holly. Like We closed it because those businesses came to us, and that's a really important thing to note. But there is a lot of excitement that this could potentially be something that happens seasonally or more long-term. Um, people love Pearl Street in Boulder. Our executive director went to Copenhagen a few years ago, and they have a ton of pedestrian plazas. And so... Yeah, it's my silver lining, I guess. One of my silver linings is that COVID is supporting all the placemaking project dreams we've had. So the city's being really, really supportive and flexible and and helping facilitate these closures. And yeah, it's it's fun to see.
0: So COVID-19 has impacted downtown in many ways. And one of the obvious impacts is on music venues and large events. So it's kind of a two-part question. So first of all, how has your job changed? Yeah,
2: it's, yeah, being an events director
0: and being told you can't plan events
2: is, has been challenging. We did, you know, what several people did at first, right? Like trying to figure out how we can make things virtual. Like we did a virtual art walk in April that was that we did to support artists and, and makers and jewelers, um, which was successful. And it, it kind of fell off. We're hoping to bring art walk back in a physical form sooner than later if people can do pop-up galleries outside. So that's something we potentially look forward to. So yeah, I think my job primarily has changed. The events part of it has kind of taken a pause and more of the community outreach has expanded. So being involved in these coordinated uh, street closures, I'm hosting, along with my colleagues, um, several industry meetings with retailers, with um, the bar and restaurant industry, with services industries.
0: So you, you had talked about just a few minutes ago about the music venues that like the Wild Buff turning into uh, a restaurant, which is exciting and interesting. And I'm very excited to check that out. But can you tell us a little bit about Downtown Sounds this year and what what the goal of Downtown Sounds virtual concert series? I think that's still kind of what it is, if I understand. Yeah, yes, Um what the goal of that is, and what people should look forward to about it.
2: Absolutely. Uh, So the virtual downtown sounds, when we realized that we could not do downtown sounds at all in its its physical form, I was pondering on whether or not to, to go virtual. At the time, so many concerts were Going virtual, there was, you know, opportunities to live stream and, and tune in to concerts all over the country, all over Washington State. At the same time, it was becoming very apparent that our music venues in the music industry is in dire straits and they were the first industry to close, likely the last to reopen. So it became really apparent that downtown sounds would go virtual not only to do something fun for our community, but to really become a fundraiser for our, our local music venues in downtown. The Wild Buffalo, The Shakedown, Boundary Bay, you know, those are all very iconic places in our downtown. The business owners are all very involved in our community. Of course, Boundaries, such a community staple so yeah a lot of our effort is to really just highlight that we are doing we're raising funds to support these businesses
0: so what will the format be so will it be like weekly kind of like how downtown sounds was so the
2: shows will be pre-recorded I want to emphasize that there will, there will be closed doors no audience whatsoever we're working with btv bellingham's uh community television station to okay to broadcast the shows and the community can tune in on their their youtube channel and then we will air these on Wednesdays, um, August 12, August 19, August 26 at 7 p.m. Um, we wanted to keep that normality of the weekly Wednesday series. Yeah.
0: Cool. And then we'll make sure to post in our social media the link for the fundraising aspect of Save the Stages. Perfect.
2: We're saying just FYI, we're saying um Save Our Stages Bellingham because that is a part I think that's like in legislation now, the actual like Save Our Stages Act. So we want to be clear that it's those are two separate things, like we're joining that movement of Saving Our Stages, but it doesn't have to do, We were asked that question and I was like, no, they're very different. (laughs) So we, we changed this, the hashtag to Save Our Stages Bellingham.
0: Okay, cool. Really quick. What is the, I haven't even heard of it at at the state level, is that? The Save
2: Our Stages Act provides small business administration grants for independent venues, promoters, and festivals affected by COVID-19. They're like six months I think funding of financial support. I think the repre- like our elected representatives are voting on it. So yes, I was told to just make it clear that our Save Our Stage isn't, isn't like exactly like directly f- uh, affiliated with that.
1: So Lindsay, do you have any final thoughts or messages that you want to get out to our listeners before we head on to our last segment? Yes, I would love to
2: just reiterate the fundraising part of Downtown Sounds. It's primarily why we're we're putting all the effort into doing this. We're encouraging folks to donate through a it's a there's a facebook um fundraising link in the facebook event page and there's also a link on our website at downtownbellingham.com if you are on facebook but you can donate starting today through the series through the end of august and it can be any amount any amount is helpful so we just ask that folks consider if you were going to be having a beer in the in the beverage garden or a glass of wine or you know, spending money at a food truck if you would just consider donating those funds to our venue fund and supporting our, our local venues, our musicians. And we'll also be selling um, some Be strong merchandise. We've got Be strong t-shirts and stickers that we'll be selling online as well as some um, Downtown Sounds merchandise that we have um, just in our office. So kind of vintage Downtown Sounds here. So just look for that. It's another way you
0: can support our organization,
2: support downtown.
0: Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Like, I I hope that uh, lots of people contribute to uh, to what you guys have going on. It's really important work. Thank you.
2: And it's. Should, do you
0: want me to say what the lineup is too? Should I mention that?
2: Yeah. Why don't you give us the lowdown? Who's performing? Okay. That would be that would be great. So Petty or Not is performing at the Wild Buffalo. We love that. Craig is one of the co-owners. He's in the band. Um, half the band members are in various other local bands like Baby Cakes and formerly Pole Cat. They've all performed at Downtown Sounds several times, and so it's really sweet. They do a mix of Tom Petty and Ligo Mac covers. Um, it's just very fun music that most of us know. And then Mostafa and the Light Band and Dryland are playing at the Shakedown. Um, Holly Huffman, City Council member, is a co-owner of The Shakedown and The Racket. And she's in Dryland, so that would be really fun. And then Hot Damn Scandal is playing at Boundary Bay. Um, they're a, a, a favorite um, house band for Boundary. So, and we don't know if if the show, the, the recorded show, will be taking place in the Garden of the Mountain Room, but it'll be one of those venues within Boundary Bay. And the shows will be broadcasted at seven pm.
1: All right, sounds like a party. So, speaking of fun things, we are going to segue to our. Final and favorite segment, Local Treasures. In this part of the show, we do a roundtable sharing something we ate, drank, or otherwise consumed recently that fills us with local pride. Do you have anything you're extra proud of this week, Lindsay? Oh, man.
2: Yes. If if you haven't, if folks haven't checked out Storia Kachina, I highly recommend that. They... We're um, just about to have their grand opening mid-March when COVID hit. It's an Italian cafe. They have an amazing um, culinary crew, bartending crew. Their interior is gorgeous. Their bar is beautiful. They have some of my favorite pizza in town and cocktails. So I encourage you to check them out. And I believe they are going to be doing a small socially distanced uh, watch party along with Thousand Acres Cider House for, for Denton Sound. So stay tuned for that.
1: Ooh, Annika. That sounds like a date. I've been meaning to stop by there anyway.
0: Uh yes, I agree. And that's a that would be a great place to go cuz it's on my on the yes. <laughs> top of my list as well.
1: What about your pick this week, Annika?
0: So mine's kind of two in one. So I went to Galloway's last night for the first time since the closure and I got their version of... It's kind of like their version of a Moscow Mule. I can't remember what it was called, though. And I also ordered this... It was like a blueberry white chocolate tart thing from Pure Bliss, and it was so delicious. And I and ate the whole thing. really, really good. It was very rich, and it was like... Usually if I get something that's really rich, I can't eat the whole thing, but I just did anyways. So that was... It was delicious, though.
1: That sounds like something I have to try. My pick this week... Is the duck fat poutine at the Rock and Rye? This is a sinful favorite of mine. Canadian, and you know, actually, a lot of a lot of places in Bellingham have a poutine, but I think the Rock and rice might be my favorite. Uh, delicious gravy, delicious fries, delicious curd, and it's a it's a special treat, very filling, and you'll get all your calories in for the day. <laughs> So with that wrapped up, Lindsay, we just want to say thank you one more time. It was so fun having you on the show. We learned a lot and we are so excited for all the things that Downtown Bellingham Partnership has done in the past and is planning on doing in the future.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and and giving us the opportunity to get the word out about all this. So appreciate it.
1: We also want to thank uh, Jeff Figley for doing our music, all of our listeners for supporting us week in and week out, Annika and I are sharing the editing, so big thanks and claps to both of us. Yay. And, <laughs> woo! <laughs> um, make sure to follow us on social media at City of Subdued Podcast, or most places, in some combination of those words. And so we're going to leave you all with a big stay healthy, Bellingham. A little more subdued, Maria. Please stay healthy.